Oh, my God. 
five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. One, two, three, four. life and its fun go on and on we tend to be a little blind between you the sky the earth and me something crucial
שלי, אתה מכיר אותן יותר מעצמי. ומי יודע מה בתוך הראש שלך, אתה מזכיר לי טוב מאוד מי אני. ואיך זה שכולם סביבך, ואיך זה שאתה מתחת לשמיכה. סיבוב נלך ונדבר, משהו באוויר את הנפש מטלטל. שוב אתה מחליט לקום להתגבר, לרוץ מהר גם כשאתה נופל. וכך איתך אוויר פסגות, תעלה לאט במדרגות. אתה תגדל תכיר את היכולות שלך, תכיר טובה. שוב אני יושב בשקט לצדך, מחבק אותך חיבוק של דור. נכון שרק אני הרי מכיר אותך, איתך למדתי מה זה
JM in the AM. Well, that's not a twofer. It's a threefer. <laughs> I, uh, I guess because of the kosher halftime show, which is going to be focusing on uh, your Achmiel begun of the Miami Boys Choir, I have um, just gotten into a lot of Miami stuff, and I never dreamed I'd play three in a row from the same album, but my gosh, what classics. And those are just the slow songs. There's other songs also on the album. And I didn't even play Bisiata de Shmaya, which is the title track slow song. Achashualti, Anabakoach, Kiatahu, all from the classic Bisiata de Shmaya collection, early 80s. Yerachmiel Begun Miami Boys Choir. Don't forget, Kosher Halftime Show is coming Sunday. Yerachmiel Begun Miami Boys Choir, our focus. It's pretty amazing, I must say. Shlomo Katz with Everlasting Love. I've really gotten, as you know, those of you who are regular listeners, I've really gotten into the uh, Aish Kodesh version of that song. And um, it is called Everlasting Love. Aluf done by Mayor Yisrael. Gershon Veroba's Man to Man. That's the title track. And, of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Wednesday on this 8th day of February, day 17, in the month of uh, Shvat, the year 5783, Tufshin Pei Gimel. If you missed our Tuba Shvat show on Monday, I'm highly recommending that you uh, tune into the archive at some point. NahumSigl.com, on the NSN app, whatever the case may be. I am highly recommending it. was really a nice show, included some great segments. Later today, during this program, we'll speak with Steve Savitsky. He is author of the brand new book entitled Khan Tsipor, Inspiring Stories on Seizing Magic Moments of Opportunity to Do Chesed. We will um, speak with Steve Savitsky coming up here at JM in the AM. Also uh, this morning, speaking of authors, Dr. Edward Leibovic, who's professor at New York Medical College, recently edited a journal highlighting the intersection of halacha and medical ethics. Uh, this volume that we're going to be discussing focuses on the pandemic. So now that we are approaching the third anniversary of shutting down the world, um we get to look at the intersection of halacha and the pandemic through that fascinating journal, which we'll discuss here at JM in the AM. So a lot happening here on a Wednesday, of course. Uh, Yossi's Wag with a Wednesday live lunch at 11 a.m. Eastern time. whole bunch of stuff going on. I thank you so much for tuning in. Yesterday, Seth Levitt joined us. We had a comprehensive look at what's happening at A&H and just how many hot dogs and sausage and and beef fry and uh, salamis people are going to be serving this coming Sunday. After all, it is Super Bowl Sunday. You're going to be heading to your store soon, right? Why wouldn't you be? When you head to your store, make sure that you have plenty, and I mean plenty, of A&H products. You know, it's funny. Yesterday, I started to look... Uh, one of the places I love going to, and and most of you know. Oh, in fact, it's funny. Someone actually stopped me in the store last week at Aaron's Casino Farms in Queens, and said, "Wow, I heard that you that you love this place, but it's the first time I've run into you." <laughs> it was really funny. 
So I am, uh, as you know, there are a lot of great kosher supermarkets out there. There are many. There are many. But I have this uh, incredible affinity to Aaron's Casino Farms in Queens. Just love shopping there. They have a whole bunch of cool stuff. So yesterday I noticed that they put out a, uh, a flyer with midweek specials. And um, I, I'm just letting you know that in addition to many other supermarkets out there that also have incredible A&H displays, they have an amazing A&H display. So if you're looking for any of the products we discussed yesterday on the air, or if you're looking for any great, uh, you know, hot dogs and beef fry and salami for Sunday, you can go to Aaron's Casino Farms or any of the great supermarkets out there. In fact, Seth mentioned, uh, gave a special shout-out. Again, he works with all the supermarkets, but yesterday he gave a special shout-out to ShopRite. He said the ShopRites here in northern New Jersey are doing an amazing job with not only the displays, but the specials for A&H products this week. So support us by supporting A&H. They are uh, one of the backbones of our sponsorship here at the Nahum Siegel Network, and uh, we cannot highly recommend them enough, or we cannot recommend them highly enough, especially during the week of the big game. More coming up. Yoel Weiss is next. You're listening to JM in the AM. I've been through the fire. I felt the burning pain, but I won't let it bring me down. I will rise again. Somehow I'll find a way to pull me off the ground. I won't lose hope, I won't give in We'll never question if or when I'll win Just keep on fighting, come what may And tell myself each day Hashem will always love you To carry on The way ahead is so unclear Keep on holding tight When things don't seem alright I have nothing left to fear I won't lose hope I won't give in We'll never question If or when I'll win Just keep on fighting Come what may And tell myself Hashem will always love you
Across the planet, across the whole world. There's no denial that you're so vital to the people you come from. They're all hoping you'll be the one. Thank <laughs> you. 
J.M. in the A.M. with Regesh. It is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at AlchemySingle.com and the AlchemySingle Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Galei Tzal in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. Steve Savitsky is coming up. We'll interview him about his brand new book entitled Kan Sipor here at JM in the AM. Also, our friends from Turo have uh, set us up with uh, somebody who has a very interesting book, or I should say journal, regarding halacha and the pandemic. That's right. Dr. Edward Leibovitz is going to join us on that topic later on this morning right here at JM and the AM. Yes, he's wide with a Thursday, excuse me, a Wednesday live lunch. That happens at 12 noon Eastern time right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. And, of course, Kosher Halftime Show brought to you by the Rothenberg Law Firm at InjuryLawyer.com. That happens Sunday here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Galei Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next. Boker Tov from JM the AM. Galei Tzal, Yerushalayim, Asha'a 2. Shalom Rav. Ba'ulpan Rani Avnai, Ima Shekorei Achshav. רידת אדמה בטורקיה וסוריה, מניין ההרוגים בשתי המדינות עלה ל-11 אלף בני אדם. נשיא טורקיה ארדואן הגיע למוקד הרעש וביקר במבנים שהתמוטטו. כתב חדשות החוץ מתן לוי מזכיר כי ארדואן הכריז על מצב חירום שימשך שלושה חודשים עד צפויות להתקיים הבחירות לנשיאות חרף התוצאות ההרסניות שפקדו את טורקיה. בתוך כך המשלחת השנייה של צה"ל לאזור האסון תמריא בשעות הקרובות וצפויה להקים בית חולים שדה באזור ביממה הקרובה. דובר משלחת החילוץ של משרד החוץ דוד סרנגה שוחח עם אמיר איבגי בגלי צה"ל. עד הערב עתידות כל הטיסות להגיע עם הצוות ועם הציוד שקשורים לבית חולים שדה. המשלחת הישראלית מכוונת על ידי השלטונות למקומות מאוד מאוד ספציפיים. הם מביאים אותנו לבניינים ספציפיים ששם הם מאמינים עוד ניתן למצוא אנשים שנותרו בחיים. שיבושים בהמראות ועומסים כבדים בנתב"ג בעקבות עיצומים של ועד העובדים. מנמל התעופה בן גוריון מדווחת כתבתנו עינב קרנר. מאות נוסעים ממתינים מספר שעות בדלפקי הרישום לטיסה בטרמינל 3, שאוישו לפני זמן קצר. מהבוקר נרשמו שיבושים ועומסים, כ-20 מטוסים ממתינים להמראה, יותר משעה, ויש עיכובים בפריקת הכבודה בין דרישות העובדים, תגבור כוח אדם, מתן קביעויות. והחזרת עובדים שפוטרו במהלך הקורונה. עוד הם מזהירים מעומסים במהלך חג הפסח. התוכנית המשפטית של הממשלה בתום דיון סוער בוועדת החוקה הודיע יושב ראש הוועדה חבר הכנסת רוטמן כי בניגוד לתכנון הקודם ההצבעה על הסעיף העוסק בשינוי הרכב הוועדה למינוי שופטים לא תתקיים היום ותידחה לתחילת השבוע הבא. ראש האופוזיציה לפיד הגיב על הדחייה ואמר אני קורא לציבור להשבית את המשק ביום שני ולעלות לירושלים להפגנה מול הכנסת. בריאיון ליעל דן תקף חבר הכנסת רוטמן את לפיד ואמר הוא מנהל קמפיין של BDS. מתוך השעתיים וחצי דיון שהיה היום, שעה וחצי שלמות, הם מקבלים זמן דיבור, ועל מה הם מדברים? על זה שלא נותנים להם. יאיר לפיד מנהל קמפיין בדיוק. הוא שלח מכתב על נייר מכתבים רשמי של ראש ממשלת ישראל, ובו הוא קרא לרשויות מקומיות לא לשתף פעולה עם הממשלה הנבחרת. מעשה המרדה של חמש שנות מאסר. איש לא יודע להשלים עם העובדה שהוא הפסיד בבחירות. בועז דרורי, תושב גבעתיים בשנות החמישים לחייו, הורשע שהטריד מינית את שרה נתניהו לאחר שפרסם ברשתות תוכן מבזה ביחס למיניות שלה. דרורי הודה במסגרת הסדר טיעון שפרסם בחשבון הטוויטר שלו ציוצים בלתי הולמים על רעייתו של ראש הממשלה ובית המשפט גזר עליו חודשיים מאסר על תנאי ופיצויים בסך 800 שקלים לגברת נתניהו. ידיעה שמסרה כתבתנו בתל אביב, אנה פינס. 
מזג האוויר לסיום קר מהרגיל לעונה, גשם במגמת התמעטות. במדבר יהודה ובים המלח עדיין חשש לשיטפונות, בלילה צפויה קרה נרחבת. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד. Sometimes I look in someone else's life And I wonder why can't that be me Sometimes I look in someone else's life And I wish I had the things I see You know what I say? What do you want to do? Things you have are meant for you I'll tell you what you're going The way you're thinking ain't the truth Sometimes I look in someone else's life And I wonder why can't that be me Sometimes I look in someone else's life And I wish I had the things I see But I say The things you have are meant for you I'll tell you what you're going The way you think it ain't the truth
JM in the AM. Yama with Benny Friedman and company. You heard Chalshelis Jr. That was Yodu. Matovu done by Joey Newcomb to open up the hour. And thanks so much for tuning in. Kosher Halftime Show this coming Sunday. Brought to you by the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com. Later on on this program, or I should say on this network, Gussie's Weig with a Wednesday live lunch. That happens at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Make sure to be tuned in for that here at the Nahum Siegel Network. And um, get ready for this weekend. Our friends at A&H are ready, as Seth Levitt told us yesterday. Ready with the salamis, with the hot dogs, with the sausage, with the uh, beef fry. They're ready. Now you have to be ready for the big celebration in your home. And, and as so many people voluntarily have done over the last few years, I am for the first time going to strongly suggest that anybody who's watching the Kosher Halftime Show during halftime, please tag us. Please take a photo and send it over. Email, WhatsApp, tag on social media, whatever method you want to use. Uh, I just thought of it because a lot of people have been doing this over the last couple of years, and uh, it would be amazing if we would uh, get those photos, uh, not just you know through private means, but having them posted to social media as well. As uh, people are getting ready for Achmiel Begun, the Miami Boys Choir, this coming Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, during halftime of the big game. More coming up. It's Journeys from Volume Number 5. You're listening to JM in the AM. the sweetest song scale the highest mountain don't get me wrong these are wonderful things even significant things you can strive for wealth fame and success and trust I'll think of you no less these are wonderful things even significant things but nothing in your life will ever be more meaningful than giving of yourself to help another. Nothing in your life will ever bring more joy to you than finding a way to share a little piece of your heart. Why I think that's fine These are wonderful things Even significant things You can study 
life's deepest mysteries turn simple words into poetry. These are wonderful things, even significant things. But nothing in your life will ever be more meaningful than giving of yourself to help another. ספר את הסיפור שלך, יש לך אחד יפה. גם כל הכאבים והחולשות שלך הפכו אותך אחד כזה, שלא מפחד ליפול, שלא מפחד לגדול. 
טב לטב נגן את הניגון שלך, יש לך אחד יפה. תרקוד כאילו העולם שר בשבילך, תראה הלב כבר מתרפא. ורק אל תפחד ליפול, רק אל תפחד לגדול. כל עוד לא הפסקת על החלום, אתה מנצח, כאילו אין מחר לחיות היום. תחזיק רק להיום, כל עוד לא הפסקת על החלום, אתה מנצח. הכי רחוק שאתה יכול, כי יש בך הכל. קח מכל צייר את הציור שלך, יש לך אחד יפה, ואין שום דבר שיעצור אותך. תפליג לאן שרק תרצה, רק אל תפחד ליפול, רק אל תפחד לגדול. כל עוד לא הפסקת על אתה מנצח, כאילו אין מחר לחיות היום. תחזיק רק ליום, כל עוד לא הפסקת על אתה מנצח, טירוף הכי רחוק שאתה יכול, כי יש בך הכל.
JM and the AM. Uh, Moshe Klein with a selection entitled Bowie Kala here at JM and the AM. Akiva before that, Yesh Bacha Cole from Journeys 5. You heard nothing in your life. On a Wednesday morning broadcast, thanks so much for tuning in. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Harav Zebin Yosef Alevi, and Zechonishmas Esther Basar Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. It says in the Torah, Vayancha Vayarivecha Vayachilcha Esamon. Hashem afflicted us. We were hungry, and then he fed us the mon. The Medrash says on this, Mikan Remes Lahadlakas Neiru Shabbos. From here is a hint to lighting the Shabbos candles. The Zerashimshan asked the question, What does Hadlakas Neiris, the lighting of the Shabbos candles, have to do with the Mon? The Zerashimshan explains that we find the fascinating Medrash in Kohelis Rabbah. It says that just like a person has Hadna, enjoyment from the taste of the food, so too we have hana, enjoyment from the sight of the food, as we find in the Talmud, Meseches Yuma. It is not comparable. One who sees and eats, as to one who does not see and eats. The reason is, is because when a person sees their food, they can enjoy it on a different level. When Klal Yisrael ate the mon, it was possible for its taste to be whatever the person imagined, whatever they desired, it would be that food. However, since the mon did not change its appearance, it looked the same. There was a slight chisaron, there was a slight detriment in the mon, the fact that a person could not actually see the food that they were eating. That is why it says, that even with the greatness of having the mon, we were still missing the experience of being able to visualize that which we were eating. This alludes to the lighting of the Shabbos Nerus. The Shabbos Nerus, the candles, illuminate our home. They illuminate our lives. They allow us to see all the special foods, the Shabbos Macholim, that we eat, so that we have complete hana, complete enjoyment, both the tam, the taste, and also the visualization of the food that we are eating. I once spoke for a yeshiva that was making a grand opening. I was to give a shear. And before the shear, there was a reception. A woman came over to me who was not able to see. She was blind. And she told me that it was a great zechus for her to be at this particular psicha and to be able to hear the shear. All of a sudden, there was a man that came to me while she was standing there and said, Rav, there's a large crowd here. I bet there's 250 people. She said, no, I think it's closer to 300. He looked at me. He couldn't understand it. He was curious. So he counted the people that were there in the way that's permissible. Astounding. There were 300 people, Bidiyuk. 
This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
J.M. in the A.M., a, uh, what is today? Wednesday morning broadcast with Yaakov Shweki. L'chaim, a toast to life. Eitan Katz before that. 
Vinacha is the name of that one here on a uh, Wednesday morning broadcast, JM and the M. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nachum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Uh, Kosher Halftime Show this coming Sunday, presented by the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com. Uh, we thank the Rothenbergs for being the main sponsor. And we thank all of our sponsors, of course. And it drops at uh, 8 o'clock Eastern Time this coming Sunday night, uh, featuring your Achmiel Begun of the Miami Boys Choir, my exclusive interview. Long-awaited, much-anticipated, exclusive interview with Rachmiel Begun about the Miami social media sensation that's been happening over the last few months. Very interesting conversation, lots of great segments in it. Looking forward to Sunday. And I'm sure... Some kosher halftime shows, you know, just get the bulk of their of their viewership in the day or two of the Super Bowl. Uh, this one, I think, is going to last for a long, long time. So get ready to share it, view it, and enjoy it this coming Sunday. Mosaica Press, in partnership with Turo University and its New York Medical College, is set to release the Medical Halacha Annual, volume number one, The Pandemic and Its Implications. It's happening March 6th. We are told that it's uh, available for pre-order. Uh, the groundbreaking journal edited, edited by Dr. Edward Leibovitz uh, delves into the intersection of halacha, medical ethics, and contemporary medical issues through the examination of complex medical scenarios involving sensitive triage decisions, administering and withdrawing of ECMO, trust in medical and rabbinic authorities, and the application of halachic principles. Readers will gain a deeper understanding of the ongoing pandemic and its far-reaching Implications. The Medical Halacha Annual can be purchased at mosaicapress.com or at your local bookstore once it is available. And again, online, it is available for pre-ordering. With all this in mind, we welcome Dr. Edward Leibovitz, professor at the New York Medical College and the editor of the journal highlighting this intersection of halacha and medical ethics. A pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be with you. Uh, an ongoing work. I, I said earlier in the show that uh, we're about to hit the third anniversary of the shutdown of the world, uh, something I'm sure you recall, like all of us do. And I guess this is an ongoing work. Over the past, I don't know, 34, 35 months, uh, someone like yourself has probably thinking was probably thinking of so many of the issues that you're actually editing and addressing in this journal, right? Yes, well, uh, we, we got started with this uh, because the pandemic brought up uh, many areas of medical halacha that uh, really lacked clarity. Um, halacha is all there, uh, but uh, one has to be able to access it. Right. But uh, with the pandemic, um, we had new issues that were not uh, at the forefront previously, like dealing with anticipated risk, risk that was not here yet, but we knew was coming, uh, dealing with uh, medical uncertainty, how to treat uh, life-threatening conditions that we really didn't have a treatment for, as you remember at the beginning of the pandemic. Right. Um, or, or, and, or, your, or, and I use this word not in a disrespectful manner, but many medical people were simply guessing at what to do just based on the symptoms they saw and the experiences that they had you know, in the past. Yes, I mean, uh, we have actually a paper dealing with what the best approach in these situations, should we rely on our uh, expertise and uh, intuition in treating uh, situations that are not really uh, already known, right. or should we be putting patients in clinical trials to learn more about how to uh, treat so that we benefit future patients? 
the goal in publishing the volume, uh, aside from, you know, the uh, incredible examination of all these issues, obviously, that so many people are curious about from a medical standpoint over the last three years, I- I'm assuming this volume, like so many other works uh, on these topics, are going to be key if something like this, similar to this, ever happens again. I believe our halachic authorities, you know, cited different uh, halachic sources from other pandemics and epidemics uh, in history to make certain decisions this time around. A volume like this, I guess, would go into that category where people years from now will look back and say, okay, they faced this, you know, in, in the early 2020s. You know, let's see how they handled it. Well, I, I would uh, add that you know the issues that came up and the issues we dealt with are to a large extent generalizable to every the everyday practice of medicine. Um, so, indeed, uh, these are issues that we have dealt with before and continue to deal with the, within the pandemic. The you know the 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 uh, ongoing uh, issues with the pandemic, but uh, more so everyday medicine that uh, were highlighted by the pandemic but uh, are really relevant to the everyday practice of medicine and the truth is you got you just got me to think as you're saying this that that you don't need a pandemic to have uh, questions about prioritizing the emergency room, right? Triage is one of the topics that's discussed. And, and frankly, because of the situation that we have on this globe, and certainly here in the U.S., we have many emergency rooms that are simply overflowing. I guess just the order of treatment and the, and the order of priorities is a big issue, you know, generally, not just during a pandemic. Absolutely, absolutely, I agree completely, and and you know medicine evolves, um, and uh, despite the voluminous medical halacha literature, uh, there is a need to adjust to a changing medical environment, right. uh, and uh, you know I think uh, we are dealing with uh, many of these issues in this volume, and I would mention we're already preparing volume two, which uh, goes into additional issues beyond the pandemic. Dr. Edward Leibovitz is with us, professor at New York Medical College. He's edited this journal. We're talking about highlighting the intersection of halacha and medical ethics with concentration, of course, on lessons learned during the pandemic. You can go to mosaicapress.com and literally pre-order it. It's coming out in about three weeks. Again, uh, mosaicapress.com, and you can uh, pre-order it. Um, You know, it's funny. uh, People wonder about halacha and ethics, and whether the, you know, if, if they're one and the same, because we always look at ourselves as ethical people and that our halacha, you know, dictates uh, to be to, to err on the side of being as ethical as possible. But then again, I'm saying to myself, by the standards of the world, you know, we, we, we don't always uh, agree on what ethics means. I mean, the, the primary example, of course, is that there are people in this world who, you know, who think that it's a good idea, God forbid, to pull the plug on on people and to be, you know, lackadaisical or somewhat lackadaisical about that. And obviously, we would never approach that in that type of fashion in our tradition. So how do we balance halacha and ethics? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as you pointed out to uh, the observant uh, Jewish physician uh, and to observant Jews in general, halacha and ethics are one and the same. Uh, halacha defines ethics. Uh, we know that Pirkei uh, Avos, which is our classic work on ethics, is part of Shas and is in Seder Nezikin just with the laws of torts and uh, monetary uh, issues. Uh, ethics is included there. So they're really one and the same. Now, 
when confronting secular medical ethics, there are certainly areas of discordance. Um, you know, as you bring up, end-of-life issues, uh, abortion being the two uh, classic examples that are frequently discussed. And, uh, yeah, this is an area of uh, degree of conflict. Uh, halacha actually has a more nuanced approach than is often understood. Uh, but uh, bottom line is the observant physician, of course, uh, is not permitted to break the law, but is also not uh, required to do anything that violates his ethical code um, and uh, can withdraw from situations if uh, if he or she feels that um, she's in a he or she is in a place that uh, uh, is inappropriate. And I would emphasize it's important to have a uh, rabbi, a postic who one can turn to for these these thorny issues. During the pandemic, uh, doctors and rabbis obviously had to work together. End of life issues, primarily, I would guess. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. But are there other issues as well? Could you give me a scenario, an example of where the doctors and rabbis had to work together that wasn't necessarily an end of life issue? Well, I would say the two uh, obvious situations. One was the whole issue of precautions, closures of shuls and schools, right. distancing, masking. I know in my own shul we had a committee of doctors that met regularly with uh, the shul rabbi um, to uh, discuss policy, um, and you know that was a, a critical area. Uh, vaccination was another critical area right. uh, to uh, educate the uh, rabbis to go out to their communities and uh, implore the people to uh, go ahead and get vaccinated. And then at a later stage, uh, after it was already distributed to uh, to most adults, um, the issues with pregnant women, children. So these were areas that uh, doctors and, and uh, rabbis had to work in close collaboration. And I would say that the uh, lessons that we learned uh, primarily is that uh, some of these issues uh, really needed to be dealt with at the highest levels. In other words, our leading post-skim, our leading epidemiologists, uh, not cloud the air with uh, um, every uh, local uh, physician or local rabbi uh, forming their own uh, opinions and clouding the issues. So these were really very monumental uh, issues to the health of the community. Wow, amazing. Dr. Edward Leibovitz is with us live via telephone. We're talking about the new journal. We'll give you the information in a minute about ordering it. Um, how do you put together an all-star lineup? Because <laughs> you, in fact, do have an all-star lineup of uh, rabbis uh, and uh, rabbi slash doctors or rabbi slash you know people very knowledgeable about medicine who are participating in this journal. Was that a uh, a difficult process for you? Yeah, actually, when when uh, we started, uh, somebody told me uh, if you ever want to ensure that a friend will never call you again, just ask him to write something. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but, uh, and it was, it was a challenge. Um, you know, we wanted, uh, uh really preeminent people to, uh, write things that are definitive right. and, uh, really landmark papers. And I think we succeeded, um, to mention a few, we have a paper from Aaron Lapiansky on uh, the very important 
uh, important discussion of the roles of uh, physicians and rabbanim in making medical decisions. As you already alluded to, Rabbi Dr. Akiva Tatz on allocation of scarce resources. we had several uh, papers regarding vaccination. Svi Reisman wrote on consent issues uh, in vaccinating children. We had a really excellent paper from Dr. Sarah Becker on vaccine hesitancy in the Orthodox population. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was work to get people to uh, to write, but fortunately, uh, our authors were very forthcoming and very enthusiastic to contribute, and uh, we were very fortunate to put together, uh, I think, a really excellent uh, publication. Uh, easiest way to order again is to pre-order at Mosaic Press's website, I assume, right? Yes, one can pre-order on Mosaic Press, and it should be in your local bookstore, Jewish bookstore, uh, March 6th. Uh, Turo University, New York Medical College, the Medical Halacha Annual. That is what it's called, volume number one, dealing with the pandemic and its implications. Again, go to mosaicapress.com, mosaicapress.com. Again, you're looking for the Turo University, New York Medical College, Medical Halacha Annual. It is volume number one. It is available for pre-order right now, and it'll be in your stores starting on March the 6th. Dr. Edward Leibovitz is a professor at the uh, New York Medical College and he is the editor of the journal that we've been speaking about in, with the intersection of halacha and medical ethics being highlighted, focusing on the pandemic. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, and congratulations Thank on you. the journal. It's really an amazing accomplishment. Thank you so much. A pleasure. Thank you. Pleasure. Appreciate the opportunity. Uh, our pleasure, and I thank you for that. And this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Round the world of web at NachumSingle.com on the NachumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Let's open our eyes. Wake up, Eden. Wake up, Eden. Let's dance this colors goodbye. Wake up, Eden. Wake up, Eden. Get up, let's open our eyes. Wake up, Eden. Wake up, Eden. Let's dance this colors goodbye. <laughs>
ti J.M. in the A.M. Eitz Chaim done by uh, Simcha Liner here on a Wednesday morning broadcast at J.M. in the A.M. Uh, before that, you heard uh, Avram Rosenblum, the Aspera with Hine Yamim, Aryeh Kunstler's The Promise, Wake Up Yidin, done by Eighth Day. And here we are on a Wednesday broadcast with a reminder this coming Sunday. Sorry about that. Sometimes you just have to sneeze. Um, this coming Sunday, it's Kosher Halftime Show number 10. Hard to believe. The 10th annual Kosher Halftime Show presented by the Nahum Siegel Network happens this coming Sunday. It'll be sponsored, of course, and presented by the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com. Um, it'll star your Achmiel Begun of the Miami Boys Choir with my much-anticipated, long-awaited interview with your Achmiel Begun regarding the uh, social media sensation that Miami has become over the last few months. Pretty remarkable, to say the least. So we will have that for you this coming Sunday. It becomes available at halftime on all the uh, social media platforms, our website, etc., etc., etc. And uh, again, a big thank you to Rothenbergs and all of our sponsors for the Kosher Halftime Show this Sunday. Yes, he's wide with a Wednesday live lunch coming up at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Make sure to keep it here all day long. It is a pleasure to welcome Steve Savitsky uh, to these airways. It's been a long time since he's been with us, and uh, we've had some amazing and incredible conversations and wonderful memories with him over the years, and now we get to feature a brand-new book that he's written. He is past president of the Orthodox Union. He is president of the B'nai Tzion Foundation, and uh, now he is known as well as author of the brand-new book entitled Khan Tsipor, inspiring stories on seizing magic moments of opportunity to do chesed. Steve Savitsky, an honor to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here. Interesting title to the book, and you know that chesed is one of the topics that we are just completely addicted to here at JM in the AM and love featuring any work. A book or otherwise, any effort having to do with chesed. Why would a book about chesed, generosity, kindness, however one wants to interpret it, why would it be called Khan Sipor? Good question. Well, listen, the answer is really pretty simple. I uh, looked at this mitzvah of the Khan Sipor, which is, means you send away the mother bird, you keep the chicks for yourself. The Torah tells you in Parshas Kitzetzeh, You'll feel good if you do it. Your days will be lengthened. And it's a very strange, strange mitzvah. And I analyzed it. Fortunately, I was able to come up with a a new interpretation, uh, one which is maybe a little different. And that's really, as I looked at this mitzvah, I realized it was something very profound about it. Because it starts with when you happen to find a bird's nest. Now, let me ask you, Nachum, do you think we in Jewish life look for things when they just happen? We prepare. That's the kind of people we are. Before Boy Scouts said be prepared, we were always prepared. (laughs) You prepare for Shabbos. You prepare for Pesach. You prepare for everything. That's our life. Here's a great mitzvah, and the Torah tells you, guess what? You cannot prepare for it. So when I started to analyze it, I said to myself, there's got to be more to this mitzvah. Because when I went around, I was asking people, how many people actually did this mitzvah? Well, maybe it was 5%, 10%. But 90% of the people never did it. So would God give us a mitzvah 
that is so great when he gives you the reward for it. He tells you how good you're going to feel if hardly anybody could do it. So I came up with the conclusion, and I'm speaking to many Rabbanim, because we certainly all have the right to look at a Pesach and to try to interpret, kind of like Shat Rem is the Rosod. And I said, maybe what it is that there are moments in life, I call them Kansipor moments, moments when you're just going about your normal business. You're on the Nachum Siegel radio program. You're in your car. You're driving. You're, you're in an airport. You're in the supermarket. You're any place you are because God puts us in those places. And all of a sudden, an opportunity comes along, a moment just like that bird. And all of a sudden, if you, if you understand it, the same criteria that I applied to the Kansipar, that you have to be going about your regular way, but you have to kind of debate, do I do this or not? You have no one to really talk to, and if you don't do it, the bird flies away, the missile flies away. Those are special moments in life, and I call them Kansipar moments. And once I understood that, and I went around my life, I said to myself, why am I here in this place at this time? There's got to be a reason. And Baruch Hashem, I had many, many occasions where I myself came across an opportunity to do something, and I knew that if I didn't do it in that moment, I knew it would be gone forever. And so I started to talk about it. And when I would speak, you know, whether at a Shabbos in a, in a shul, whether it was in a convention or a, a kosher cruise or a Pesach, wherever I was, I would talk about these moments. People would come over to me and they'd tell me, I had such a moment. I said, really? How long ago? And they'd say, 25 years ago? <laughs> and I'd say, wait a second. You remember it? Exactly. Remember it? I'll never forget it. It was one of the highlights of my life. And so I decided to start telling those stories. And as I started telling stories, people came to me with other stories. And every story that I tell in the book is exactly correct, written for by people, maybe. Sometimes I mention their names, sometimes they don't want me to. But that's the point of the chesed, that God puts us in a particular place at a particular time, and we can find ourselves doing something in that one moment that will literally change our life forever. You know, I saw a quote, and it's not from a big guttle, it's from a man named Winston Churchill, who everybody likes to quote, but I saw a quote in, from Winston Churchill, and this is what he said. To each there comes in our lifetime a special moment when they are figuratively tapped on the shoulder and offered the chance to do a very special thing unique to them and fitted to their talents. What a tragedy is that moment finds them unprepared or unqualified for that which could have been their finest hour. Phenomenal. That's what the book's about, about those stories, about people who came to me and my stories about Kansipar moments. And what I really want to do, my goal, is not just to write a book, but to create a movement. I want this, this concept of Kansipar. People will say, oh, I had a Kansipar moment. Just like someone says, you know, you know, it used to be in our days. People, maybe people on your program don't remember when you say, could you Xerox it for me? <laughs> or could you, could, you, could, could you give me a Kleenex? I don't remember that anymore. Now it's could you Google it. You know, when you Google it, it means basically you're going to look it up. I want Kansi for a moment. I want, I want Orthodox Jews to become observant Jews. And once you become an observant Jew, all of a sudden your whole life opens up. That's the reason I wrote the book. Steve Savitsky's with us. Kansi Poor, inspiring stories on seizing magic moments of opportunity to do chesed. By the way, one of the, and this is a side point. We'll get to the chesed in a moment. One of the things I love about your interpretation of the Pusuk of Kansi Poor is that uh, it literally is told to us and directed to us as ki kare. If it happens, if, if you happen to be in a situation like that, and I'm saying this because sometimes I get frustrated, there are people who go out of their way 
to observe the mitzvah. They actually do prepare and set up a situation to to do the mitzvah of Kan Sipor. I'm, I'm being literal now, meaning the actual bird mitzvah. And I always say to myself, you know, how strange, how unusual. This is, this is supposed to be done if, in fact, you happen to come upon a situation like this, not set yourself up to disturb the mother bird. So I'm going to tell you, Steve Savitsky, that uh, your interpretation, I think, fits right into my <laughs> right into my rhetoric on this issue, and I very much appreciate it. Um, all right, so the Kansipur moments, you have a lot of them. I know that you know which one I'm going to start with because you and I have discussed this on the air before, and it made it into your Kansipur book. You know how much I love Yeshiva University men's basketball? And uh, Martin Leibovic is somebody who uh, my children and I had the opportunity to enjoy his playing when he was at YU. But you would say that the fact that he actually uh, came to Yeshiva University and discovered his tradition and heritage was a Kansipur moment. Could you share that with us, please? I could absolutely share it with you because uh, every place I go, people want to hear the story of Martin Leibovitz. Matter of fact, I just actually saw him two weeks ago, but the story is really very simple. It's in the book. It's called The Leap of Faith, uh, and it's a much longer story, but it's really very simple. I found myself in Buenos Aires, Argentina, because of NCSY, in a room with some boys from college who were going to be learning, and I see this young man. I don't speak Spanish. I asked if anyone speaks Spanish. He said, speaks English, excuse me. He said he does. He interprets for me. And then I ask him, okay, how'd you learn English? And very simple, he says to me, well, I'm a very good basketball player. I played basketball for Barry University. It's a Catholic college, and that's the reason I know how to speak English. I said, wonderful, and you're here this summer in Buenos Aires, back home, and you're learning Torah. You like it? He says, oh, I love it. And I said, so what's going to be in August? I met him in June 2008. I said, what's going to be? And he, says, and, he, and, and he looks at me. And guess what happens, Nachum? He starts to cry. Wow. He starts to cry. He doesn't say a word to me. He starts to cry. And I say to myself, God, why did you put me in this room in Buenos Aires, Argentina, in this shul, Sukkot David, on the third floor, when literally I had three minutes of my entire trip to go into this room? And here's this boy crying because I asked him what's going to be with his Torah. And that's what started. And that's when I asked him about Yeshua University. It's a long, long story. But the end of the story is eventually he came. And the real end of the story, not the end, the beginning, because he's still a young man. Begin, the story really is today he's in Buenos Aires. He's the NCSY director. He's changing the lives of thousands and thousands of young people. It's incredible what he's doing all because of that moment. What would have happened, I asked myself, if that moment when I saw a boy cry and I asked him what's going to be if I didn't do something? I would have gone through my whole life. I missed the most memorable opportunity that I ever had. That's what the story is about. And there are many other stories, but that story with Martin Leibovich, as I told you, yeah. I really think about it all the time because I know, I realize how easily I could have walked out of that room. And, and by the way, and, 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 and by the way, can I, can I add to this that, you know, it, it's not just you changed a life or that your concipor moment led to that, but look at the ripple effect that he's having with his own family and with the community back in, South America that and and not even we're not even talking about the you know the role model he was in terms of you know those kids who loved watching basketball uh I mean the, the that one little moment caused an avalanche of uh, of of uh, a tremendous positive influence for so many in our community 
Absolutely. As a matter of fact, as I said, you know, I keep up with him, of course, and we text each other, and we get to see each other as often as we can. He comes to New York for the NTSY programs, but it just so happened three weeks ago on the winter break, I, my family and I were down in Orlando. He had he came. His parents actually moved to Miami to Aventura, and he went with his kids to uh, Orlando. And so we had a dinner one night. Everybody, his whole family, his sisters, their kids, his his uh, brothers, and everyone, and his sister, who doesn't speak English that well, because we were kind of making a toast. And she said, I want to say something in English. It's not so easy, but I want you to know that Martin is changing the lives of hundreds of young people in Buenos Aires. And it's really true. It's absolutely true. Hundreds. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Steve Savitsky is with us. We're highly recommending the brand new book available at your local bookstores and, of course, online. It's a Feldheim pro- uh, publication entitled Concipor, K-A-N-T-Z-I-P-O-R. Um, you tell not only stories that happened to you, but stories that you've been alerted to that you fit into the Concipor category. The story with... Um, with Morgenthau, World War II, is that the, is that the same uh, eventual Manhattan district attorney, a relative? Who is that? I don't know. I think it might have been a family. That's from the story of Irving Bunim. Yeah. Uh, and it's a great, it's a great story. So, th- so this gentleman, whichever, Mor- whichever Morgenthau it is, obviously, as, as he became a, an official in the White House, uh, let's put it this way, he, I don't know, drifted or didn't pay much attention to his tradition and heritage. I guess that, that's a fair way of putting it. And this encounter with these, you know, couple of Jewish leaders who come and really put his feet to the fire in terms of helping to save Jews, you know, you have to admit the way you tell the story, Steve, you have to admit this could have gone in in multiple directions. This could have been an epic fail, as the kids would say. And and look what happened. It led to it led to somebody, you know, spearheading an effort to save a lot of people. That's right. Listen, you know, listen, they're not they're not always successful. I mean, you know, I spoke at a, a Pesach program uh, uh two years ago and and uh this program is happens to be in New Jersey, but anyway, it's on the it is a boardwalk. And so after I spoke the next day some people came running over to me and said, I almost had a country for a moment. I said, okay, what happened? They said, we were walking on the border and the little kids fell. And, and we ran over right away going, wow, this is an opportunity. And then all of a sudden the mother came over and said, who are you? Go away from us. <laughs> Leave my kid alone. <laughs> anyway, I said, that doesn't make oh, well. <laughs> the point. The point is, it's your opportunity. You know, what happens with it, God will decide. But you have an opportunity. I was going to say that in the last story in the book, the last story in the book I put in purposefully because I was in a shul in Riverdale speaking. And I, when I speak, I love to look at the audience just to see, you know, their reaction and try to gauge what I'm saying. And it was a woman who was sitting in the balcony in the first row. And she was listening attentively to every word that I said, every word. And I said, wow, she must have the most incredible concipo moment. I can't wait for her to come over to me. And sure enough, after davening people come over, you know what it's like. They talk to you. You know, you related to my cousin Shmuel, who's a friend of your your uncle Sam, whatever. But the point of the matter is that you know she was waiting, and, and I can't. And she, I said, okay, tell me, you've got the greatest story. What is it? She said, my story is very simple. I wish you were here last week, not this week. I said, why? She said, I went erev Shabbos, okay, and I went to the supermarket. And I was right in front of me. There was a wonderful lady. I didn't know her. 
and she had maybe five items and milk, some juice, whatever. And she put it on the counter and she started arguing with the, the cashier and they're arguing and the manager came over. And the next thing you know, the lady runs out of the store. And I, I said to myself, why, what happened? I came, I asked, I said, what, what, what happened? They said, well, this lady we know, she's a very nice lady. Unfortunately, she's a, a widow and she's on food stamps. She comes to our store, but today's the 31st. Her, her food stamps don't start until the first of the month. We couldn't let her keep the milk and the juice and whatever she had. She, and she said to me, could you imagine if I heard your speech? I would have run over to that counter. I would have grabbed it. I would have said, you know what? Could I help you out? $20, this lady would have had whatever, yep. she, whatever she had. She said, yep. I would have felt so good. She said, but you know what? Yep. It was a concept for a moment that I lost, and I'll never get it again. Yep. That's how the book ends. Yeah. Oh, so, so, so telling what, what you're saying is uh, sometimes we just open up our eyes for very minimal cost and sometimes at no cost we can make such a difference. And then, of course, add the whole Kiddush Hashem aspect to that. And there's an added bonus. By the way, to clarify, Robert Morgenthau, in fact, was the son of the, the DA, was, in fact, the son of the uh, Secretary of the Treasury, Henry Morgenthau, who you speak about in that book. And, and folks, when you get the book, you got to read that chapter. You'll see what it's like for somebody who who feels it in their heart, that pintaliyid that comes to life when they're faced with a really important decision. Steve Savitsky is with us live via telephone. The book is called Kansipor, Inspiring Stories on Seizing Magic Moments of Opportunity to Do Chesed. Chesed, obviously, one of our favorite topics here at JM and the AM. By the way, we got to point out, Steve, because you, you, have a, you have a story on an airplane, and you know a lot of people in general have these stories where they encounter people in, in, in strange, you know, situations where you're literally, you know, someone's roommate, you know, for four hours, you get to know them. And obviously, uh, you know, sometimes that leads to a relationship where you're, uh, you know, in touch with them. And uh, very often, as people know, if they're, if they approach it the right way, they may enhance that person's, you know, observance, uh, etc. Um, wouldn't you say, that uh, that that uh, this book, and obviously, you know, when you speak about this topic, you're hoping not only that people will act on these consipor moments, you're also hoping people will think about it. In other words, sometimes things like this happen, and they just, you know, it, it, people are oblivious to the opportunity that you know that might present itself. You would like, I'm sure, that that this you know makes people more aware that if you just pay more attention to what, sort of like what happened with the lady and the cashier, that if you just pay attention more to what's happening around you, you know, with a little bit of effort, you can make a big difference. That's exactly right. And that's why I said I want people to become observant Jews. Right. Observant Jews. Look, look around. Say to yourself, what can I do? Why am I here? Is there an opportunity? And if you, you know, like when they have the, the lotto or whatever it's called, don't they say you've got to be in it to win it? All right. If you're not in it, you're not going to win it. If you don't look around and you're oblivious to life, You'll never have a moment like that. And like the talk, look, God gave us the mitzvah for a reason. Uh, we would have done pretty good with 612, right? I mean, somehow, Avram <laughs> Free would have come up with a good song for it, okay? <laughs> we would have done well. If he gave us this mitzvah, there's a reason for it. And the reason is, as God said, but you said, because you're going to go about your life, and opportunity is going to come along. And you know, we all want to have gratification. We all want to feel good about ourselves. And God's giving us, he's giving us the formula. It's right there. He says that you're going to feel good about it. Listen, these people would come to me, and 25 years later, they would still remember the story, and it would make it glow inside. Yeah. That's the whole idea. It's such a beautiful, beautiful idea, and that's all he gives it to us, like everything else. That's why I did it. I didn't write the book because I just want to sell some books. I wrote it because I really believe 
And if people do this, it's going to change their life. By the way, by the way, by the way, we should point out, like you wrote with the story of the um, uh, of the person who helped somebody who was in a difficult situation at their job. Somebody was in a situation where they were being supervised right. by somebody right. who wasn't exactly right. friendly or seemed not to be friendly to, to Jewish employees, and it was a very difficult situation. A lot of times, and we got to point this out, you don't see the fruit of the Katsupor moment for months, and sometimes you may never you know, see the fruit. But if you make the effort, uh, chances are down the road it's going to make a difference. Absolutely. No question about it. A man in Israel, I spoke in... Uh, the OU Center, when I was in Israel a few months ago, a man came over to me. He told me that he met somebody who he didn't even know. And the man came over to me and said, you know, by the way, you know, I, I, I'm so impressed with everything, the way you live your life. And because I saw you on a plane seven years ago, uh, I decided to start looking into Judaism. And because of that, today I'm Misham Shabbos. And the guy goes, who are you? I don't know you. He said, well, you sat next to me on a plane once. We once spoke. And I just started thinking about Judaism, and he meant it to me. I never even know. I never even know I did anything. So who knows? Who knows what the moment is? But like, like Winston Churchill said, take yeah. advantage of it. He was mechavin to the country for mitzvah. Uh-huh. And finally, Steve, there has to have been. I know I'm putting you on the spot, but I can't imagine there hasn't been. There must have been a Katsipur moment since you published the book, right? Like, is there something that happened to you over the last couple of months where you said to yourself, "Wow, I wish that could have made it into the book." Yes, there have been a few, uh, not that many, but a few. I have about two more that actually happened. And uh, yes, I do. Well, firstly, uh, thank God, because the book is really doing so great. Feldheim is so happy, and so am I. People keep sending me. They could send to Esavitsky at com, And if you have a story, you know, I'll call you and I'll speak to you. But I have so many wonderful stories now that uh, I'm going to have another book. As my granddaughter, Ilana Glad in Israel, hopefully she's listening, she said, Zadie, when you write the second book, you've got to call it Continued. Con what? Continued. Oh, continued. I love it. By the way, anyway. I mean, if you're in, if you're inviting people to send in stories like this, you're going to have a second book in a month. I mean, you'll have a second book right around the corner. Okay. Well, I don't think it'll be that quick, but let's see what happens. I got, it's got to be really good. But I want to hear them. I want to hear every one of them. Because I get inspired when I hear the stories. Some of the stories I've heard So in the last month, people have called me and written to me. Uh, it's just been unbelievable. I look forward to it. It's great. Um, it's so the, the address, if you want to contact Steve Savitsky and, and toss in your own Concipor moment, Savitsky, S-A-V-I-T-S-K-Y at concipor.com, K-A-N-T-Z-I. P-O-R.com, and I am highly recommending the book. Uh, Steve, an unusual... Pre- local bookstore. What is it? A local bookstore, and of course... Is it, is I, I a local bookstore or buy it on Amazon, whatever. And I'm sure the Feldheim website has it. And, uh, Absolutely. And, and, Absolutely. It's, and, it, and it's a rarity when I buy a book, Mr. Savitsky, but this one, because I was so attracted <laughs> to this topic, this one I bought, I look forward to you inscribing this one for me the next time I see you. Absolutely. It'll be, be my pleasure. Thank you so much. Anything, really that, anything done that, that, that promotes chesed and encourages people to, you know, to take the steps that you describe in this book, we are enthusiastic about. Mazal tov on the book. Uh, continued success. And, uh, and thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Steve Savitsky, Khan Sipor, K-A-N-T-Z-I-P-O-R, Feldheim release, inspiring stories on seizing magic moments of opportunity to do chesed. And that basically 
says it all. More coming up Wednesday, JM in the AM.
JM in the AM. That's uh, Ki Kare Kansipur in honor of Steve Savitsky's brand new book entitled Kansipur. Uh, before that, what do we do before that? Yoni Z with Lanetzach here at JM in the AM. Thanks so much for tuning in. Kosher Halftime Show this coming Sunday with your Achmiel Begun, the Miami Boys Choir. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Yossi Zweig with a thir- Wednesday live lunch coming up at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And uh, you can comment on the app during his show and be in touch with him in that way. Uh, a special shout-out to Mr. Weinstein of Springfield, New Jersey, who I saw Monday night at KFWE. Hello there, Mr. Weinstein. Thanks so much for listening. Um, J.A. Mora says, you're pulling on all the heartstrings this morning, Nahum. Great mix. All you need is Hanan Ben-Ari's Aluf Ha'ulam. <laughs> Have an uplifting and empowering day in Mazdav to the Leibovitz family in Montreal and the Hasna, their granddaughter. Truly uplifting people of the... I don't... I can't read that. I'm sorry. Of the new word I learned... Oh, of the new word I learned from the Bobby. All right. Der Hubbenkite. Hubbenkite. Um, what else do we have here? Yeah, we did the It's About the Dafyomi yesterday. It's about the Yomi, rather. We did that from Nachman Seltzer yesterday. I don't know if we'll get that to that today. Uh, it Could Be You by Yaakov Shweki we did earlier today. Uh, this was requested for a four-year-old fan who asks me to turn on JM and the M every morning. His name is Mayor from Crown Heights. Hey, Mayor from Crown Heights, thank you. We did play, uh, I believe it's on the playlist, that we played the uh, Yaakov Shweki selection. It could be you earlier today. Um, but we will get it. Request it, please, another day, and we're more than happy to do it. And a very, very big shout-out to Mayor from Crown Heights. And listener, Edie says, perfect song choice. See poor after the interview with Steve Savitsky. Yes, that's how it worked its way into our playlist, I am proud to say, here at JM in the AM. More coming up. You're listening to a Wednesday morning edition of JM in the AM. עם האמת שמשתוללת בי, עם אלף הרגלים, עם כל צלקת שעל פניי. אני יוצא שוב לפזר את המילים, בין המציאות לשיגעון, הכל חוזר אליי, שם במקום ממנו באתי אין שלום. והמסע הזה כבד וקצת גדול עליי, אני צריך... לגדול מזה ודי, לגדול מזה ודי. אני יוצא שוב לפזר את המילים 
בין המציאות לשיגעון הכל חוזר אליי שם במקום ממנו באתי אין שלום והמסע הזה כבד וקצת גדול עליי אני צריך לגדול מזה ודי לגדול מזה ודי Amir Dadon Shuli Ron together with Bain Kodesh Lachol. We'll wrap things up with Ruli Azrahi, and I thank all of you for tuning in to JM in the AM here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Oh, 
My brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Rather, we're the web at AlchemSingle.com and the AlchemSingle Network. And, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Wednesday here at JMN. My thanks to Dr. Leibovitz. My thanks to uh, Steve Savitsky. My thanks to all of you for tuning in. Coach, halftime show number 10 happening this coming Sunday. Brought to you by the Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com. Big thank you to the Rothenbergs. Eleven AM Eastern Time today. It's the live lunch with Yossi Zweig happening right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. I hope you'll be tuned in. Sometimes you just have to sneeze. Have a fabulous Wednesday. Till tomorrow, Nahum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.